In this episode of the RV Small Talk podcast, we wonder how you can keep tabs on your RV's temperature and power and so many other things when you're not actually at your RV. Is there a way to do that? Whisper. RV. <laughs> Would you pronounce the, the silent H? Whisper. <laughs> cool whip. Cool <laughs> 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 whip. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. The answer is yes, there is. <laughs> Welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, and we are your hosts from the wilds of Princess Craft RV in Round Rock, Texas. I am Clint. I'm Lindsay. And I'm PJ. Thanks so much for joining us today. In this podcast, you're going to find us talking about different RV aspects like your small camper, your truck camper, the, the components, or better yet, sometimes we talk about the people, places, and adventures that go along with those RVs. So thanks again for joining us. If you are interested in links or pictures of anything that we are talking about in this or other episodes, you can always find our show notes at rvsmalltalk.com. You can also follow us on social media. We love to see pictures of your travels, uh, any questions you might have, or comments on our podcast at RV Small Talk Community on Facebook. Or you can just send us a question or a thought or a comment to questions at rvsmalltalk.com. But let's get all that out of the way. Let's jump into this episode. Do you find it strange that we are actually all sitting at the same table recording the same podcast right now? It is weird. You know, it's even weirder. We're all sitting on the same side of the table. That's so it's odd. like, I have to turn my head a lot to see you guys. It's weird. It's in kind of in like panel formation and we're not a panel. Panel formation. Form now. <laughs> I don't know. What? I just need to cheer. Oh. Water. Wind. Fire. <laughs> Heart. Captain Planet. He's, He's a, a hero. hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. That didn't work. I digress. Welcome back, everybody. Because we've all been gone and we're all leaving again. It's true. Well, it's summertime. It's time for us to like go do the things. Well, that's when the things are happening. Right. And and we get invitations and we send Lindsay to represent us. How'd that go? Oh, it went. Did did you represent us well? I did. Are are we going to be proud? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if anybody got video of it, but I emceed the costume contest. Uh So we're talking about Tabarado, by the way. Yes. Oh, didn't say that, but this is Tabarado last week. Uh So I got to uh, do the Hawaiian theme costume contest, which was great fun. I got to record the uh, last podcast we put out about pee-pee, poo-poo, and periods. Can, can we talk about how, how <laughs> editing that went on my end? Never mind. Let's not... Let's, can we post the picture we talk of you about editing it with your <laughs> face covered in your hands? Uh, that is on my Facebook page if uh, anybody needs to know. How funny. Uh, or see it. Oh, man. I was in a constant state of cringe. Like, I needed... like It wasn't that tranquil- bad. Like, it really... It was it wasn't. And it wasn't. I, and I, you will, know, I will over and over again say I really feel like it's useful to have that kind of content out there. Whether it be us or someone else, it doesn't matter. I think it's really good content. It just, It's just not what you hear daily. And even the people I talked to, it was crazy because half of them were like, 
oh yeah, we've never heard this information before. And oh my gosh, you can do that? Whoa, how cool. And right. it was so mind-blowing. It's like, why don't we talk about this? Anyway, you can go check it out. But yeah, Tabarado was a lot of fun. Um, I haven't been to Colorado in a long time, so the elevation kind of did a number on did me. Did you get a nosebleed? You know, zero nosebleeds. Whoa, because wow. nosebleeds are I like your thing. About. I know, me yeah. too. It felt like it was going to bleed the entire time, but it never did, not even once. But you got the nausea and headache, the perpetual really? throw-ups. Really? Dude, Four I, days. Do you see the broken blood vessels in my eyelids? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got real sick. Wow. Anyway, let's not talk about that. It was gross. Maybe yeah. you're more of a beach type person. Or yeah. maybe it wasn't the elevation and maybe I just got a bug or something. Well, I hope yeah, not. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not and, trying to make sense of this. Yeah, and then there was a mudslide, and so then they closed the highway. Mm-hmm. So you had oh. to take the long way to get back I to the I airport. I thought I was going to die. That's a story really? for another day. That Do explains why you didn't answer whenever we called to check on you. Yeah, I was um, out of service for probably like six hours. Yeah. And three of those hours, I was... On top of a mountain, and on the right side of me, there was no guardrail, and the road is like this skinny, and it's pouring down rain. So much fun. And I've I've never driven on a road like this before, so I'm like, this is so beautiful. This is... The road. (laughs) I can't even look. Like, I know it's really pretty, but I can't even look. And then everything just stopped, and I sat in the same spot for about two hours, not moving an inch. Yeah. On yeah. the side of a mountain. They had to clear, oh. clear the road ahead of you. Two hours. Yes. And mm-hmm. everybody from I-70 had to go the other direction. So there was, was a crazy. lot of people. I saw- but you want to know the best part? What? You weren't towing a trailer. I wasn't. I know. And then I just kept I thinking about all the other people towing a trailer. It made me nervous. But I saw pictures of I-70. It's still close. It's bad. Like yeah. they said Colorado's about to d- declare a national... Or, uh, disaster. Yeah. Yeah. A mudslide just covered I-70. Once you start talking about the few ways in and out of certain places of Colorado, yeah, there really are just a few. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It was... They can be treacherous. It was horrible, but I got some cool pictures out my car window and I learned to uh, circular breathe and I took a lot of <laughs> selfies. It's just, I mean... <laughs> Well, yeah. the first thing you said when I finally got in touch with you was, hey, guess what? I can do hard things. I, and I was yeah. like, of course you can. I cried when the traffic started moving and then we started going down and winding back down. I was just like, I'm not going to die. I'm not used to this kind of stuff. I didn't well, know this was normal. And you were at 12,000 feet. I mean, that's high. And maybe delirious. That's oh, high. God. So <laughs> sleep deprived, <laughs> nauseous. My head is pounding. Well, hold there on. is not it's much oxygen storming. up there at 12,000. It's for, storming. For all of your effort and and being tired and go, go, go. You got a PP podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I got, I, that was my reward, obviously. But did someone give you a cookie? Dude, I got so many cookies. <laughs> like the whole Maybe week. that's why I was throwing up. <laughs> Well, no. it was Tavarado fun. I mean, it, was it cool? It was so fun. The people there were just so into it and so happy to be there. It just makes everything great. The weather, you know, it rained. It stormed almost every night, yeah. but, but only for like a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it got a little hot during the day, but I'm from Texas. So I was just like, this ah, is great. Right. Um, and then like in the morning and the evenings and that cool breeze, the weather was nice. Uh, the events were awesome. Everybody was 
showing up yeah. to everything. They had an Omnia cook-off. Oh. Okay, so that's a that's a cooking device that uh, Mandy and Kendrick really really love. It's right? like a, yeah, it acts as an oven that you use on your stove. I want one. It's amazing. And you want everything. Clint. No, the stuff that they could I cook. I do. They had like <laughs> flaky apple turnovers, and then they cooked like <laughs> lamb chops, okay. and then they cooked like. I mean, like anything you could possibly think of. I was like, oh, my God, how did you cook that on a stove? That's impossible. And like, an Omnia. Yeah. Uh, Amy made her famous lemon blueberry like cupcake muffins. Uh-huh. And they're like perfect. They don't burn on the but Nothing burns on the bottom. Wait, wait. I sometimes like a little bit of a burnt crust. <laughs> then the Omnia is not for you. My <laughs> I. Anyway. I'll think about it. It was really, really fun. Palisade is an adorable little Colorado town that I wish I could have explored more but uh, you have a trailer they gave uh, Fredericksburg a run for their money with their peaches because that's what they're famous for really and I had (laughs) high altitude peaches it's peach season which means it's bear season we had some Uh bears visiting the campground a mama bear and her three babies (gasps) wow I know I didn't get to see them but I saw lots of pictures and other people got to see them but it's in the middle of a peach orchard, and so I had a lot of Palisade peaches. And Does it smell amazing? Then? Oh, my God. Well, it's next to a peach farm and a distillery. So ah, it's, peach schnapps. <laughs> smells, like, <laughs> smells like peach weed <laughs> all the time. It's quite amazing. I actually really enjoy it. But, yeah, uh, Palisade peaches, just as good as Fredericksburg peaches. Come would, get me, Texans. Would, would you say that there's any difference in the flavor? Like, like they're they're both excellent, but this one has a different. I don't. It's been I. I mean, yeah. if I ate them side by side, maybe. But like, I was like, whatever. This peach isn't even going to be that good. I'm from Texas. Hey, and what's the? Then uh, I ate it. What's the altitude there? Do you recall? Uh, five right at five thousand, or like okay. a little bit less than five thousand. Okay. Yeah. It's just getting there. That's hard. Yeah, you have to go over some pretty high areas. Yeah, you go up before you get to the Several under times. 5,000. Yeah. So driving back from Palisade to Denver took me eight hours and 14 minutes in the car. You would have, I mean, that's almost like going from here to El Paso. And then I get to my hotel room and the guy was like, I'm so tired and delirious and like uh, after this drive and the guy's like looks like you made a reservation for next month oh, and I was no. like mm, yeah <laughs> I was definitely like really sick and vomiting when I made this <laughs> reservation so I guess I so I had to drive around to like three other hotels oh they didn't have a they didn't have a oh no the person you? in front of me got the last room oh of course and then the wheel fell off of my suitcase as I was wheeling it back to my car oh. all sad and mopey like <laughs> Wow, insult to injury. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is this is movie material Super here. Fun. Hey, did you have a toothbrush when you arrived? No, but my Lindsay. my cure <laughs> gave me one. He oh brought gosh, me a Lindsay. little pack with a toothbrush and y'all, toothpaste and y'all all send Lindsay a toothbrush. Maybe she if she puts a spare one in every single pocket, she can get to no, go camping. No, she's going to be organized. She's toothbrush. going to put them all in one place and forget where that place is. Uh, that's very true <laughs> but you know what i don't even care because i so mike brought you everything yeah it's yeah, like a little like, case with like a toothbrush and a little thing of toothpaste and it has like a toothbrush cover did he do this all on his own like he came yeah he told he knocked <laughs> so he knocked awesome. on my door every morning of my little cabin that kind of felt like a prison cell because it was just like an empty room with a bunk bed uh, yeah 
yeah. that was it. Ooh. Yeah, it was kind of weird. That's what we signed you and up I spent for. a lot of time in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he knocked on my door every morning with tea. And then the first day I told him it was too strong. So then the second day he, <laughs> he made it better wow. for me. Wow. You left a gift horse in the mouth? I and you <laughs> thought I was the princess. He asked me how it was and I said it was a little strong. And so then he just made it weaker. Amazing. And he brought me a toothbrush and he brought me a blanket and pillow. Nope. Blankets. Mandy's mom brought me pillow and more blankets because there's they don't provide that stuff. Yeah. And oh uh, Mandy's mom brought me more trash bags when I used mine <laughs> <laughs> were, were you uh were you practicing some of the content of your podcast no episode? i was no i was being sick in the trash can. oh uh, well and then i didn't that's a whole nother and podcast then I, I, I know that's why i didn't want to uh yeah so many people uh, people were giving me cookies uh people gave me food <laughs> Give the all sick weekend cookies well just, <laughs> she takes them <laughs> uh I, yeah i thought i was gonna make a list at one point of like all the things that people had given me Oh, uh, somebody gave me yeah. a, a seltzer water when I was sick. Man, you need to like start writing your thank you notes. I know. I was like, man, this trip would not be possible without. And then like yeah. have a whole list because I couldn't have. I. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. Well, you're you're back, and then right as you're on your last lap up there at high altitude. PJ, you and Richard head out with your Terra to Bastrop. We went camping right down the road and it was awesome. So Richard went ahead of me. And when I got there, I was like, you just roll up and is ready. I just rolled up. He was all there parked. He was sitting inside, having a drink, reading a book. And I looked over and I said, all right sweetie this is the weirdest parking space ever because he's kind of wonky and halfway sideways almost parallel to the road but not really and it overhangs this little concrete pad with a picnic table on it and i said was it a tent site well of course it was oh and he said well it said it would fit a 22 foot trailer i said well First of all, you have a 26-foot trailer. He was like, yeah, but I, I thought we could make it fit. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I bet it isn't uh, a 22-foot trailer it, site. Yeah. It is a tent site. Clearly, it's a tent site. Yeah. And honestly, anytime I see, like, this is a 22-foot site, I always err on the side of, yeah, like, yeah, nah, it's maybe probably 18. <laughs> 15. Yeah, but he said, nope, nope. I was going camping and I just turned it sideways and jackknifed it right in here. And he did. Cool. It was crazy. So <laughs> that was fun camping there. And it was really fun because uh, it is, I, I did the math. Do you realize it's exactly 10 years since the Bastrop fire? Oh, and you know and, what? Wow. You can still tell. Oh, yeah. Everybody across Absolutely. the country saw the fire in Bastrop that, yeah. that went for weeks. Yeah. And um, it, it burns so much of Bastrop State Park. And you can see where it stops and then starts again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And everything's all burnt. And you can see places where there's a whole bunch of like four foot tall pine trees. Uh-huh. And then these big black shoots coming out the top. Right. Anyway. It seems a little dangerous because you're like, which one of these is going to fall next? And, you know, I, last time I camped there was a handful of years ago, but but it, certainly after the fire, you could still smell the burnt. Can you still smell how yes, burnt everything yes. is? Yes. And you can see it at the bottom of all the trees. And yeah. literally. Well, there's definitely years. been fires there since. I mean, not that big, but there's definitely been fires mm. at Bastrop State Park since. Well, you can see trees where the bark is all 
good, but in between, like underneath, is black. So huh. it's, that's weird. It is weird. But and all the loblollies, you know, the loblollies pines. Uh, what is she saying? Uh, she lob, said loblollies. Loblollies. Look them up. The lollipop guild. Yeah. We come to thrift. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they're pine trees. And so when there's underbrush, all the all the branches fall off and they just have branches at the very top. Well, if you burn all the underbrush and the loblollies don't die. Say it again. What? <laughs> then you've got these like palm tree looking things. And it's very weird. Not so, as weird as saying loblolly. Uh, did I say it right? You did. I'm very looking good. it up after this. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought it was cool too. Well, it sounds like a great, great time. It was a and, nice getaway. And the and nice thing right is, here. it's it's what thirty minute drive from yeah, here. It's right here. Super easy. And I mean, yeah. that's the beauty. of Everybody, go camp local. Well, that's my new adventure. I'm going to start investigating all of the local places. Okay. Yeah. Where was up next? Do you have an idea where you might go next? That, nope. That nope. isn't wherever Richard books it. Okay. Hopefully, not a tent site. Well, I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter to him. He can park. That's right. <laughs> He don't care. All right. Well, um, let's get into the meat of this episode. We're going to talk to Ed, and it is Ed Bender, and he's the inventor, product developer, the you know the mind behind the RV Whisper device. That's right. Whisper. We're going to talk geeky stuff for campers, and don't worry if you're not a geeky person. Hang in there, because this is pretty cool. I was impressed. So let's let's talk to Ed. All righty. About the RV Whisper. Well, up next we have a special guest from RV Whisper. In fact, he is the inventor, developer, pretty much everything, the mechanics behind the mechanics here. This is Ed Bender, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Ed. Thanks. Glad to be here, Clint. You know, um, I've had you on my radar um, just for maybe up to a year. Our parts department guy, Cody, um, he was telling me about how he he could connect this device and that device all to this one thing. And he it was the RV Whisper. And so he kind of put this bug in my ear and I kind of kept tabs and kept on referencing back to the connected things. How how did you get into to connecting the devices and all the all the things everything you can dream up that seems to be electronic you've connected or found a way to connect and to send you messages how and why did you get into connecting RV equipment Okay so um, why did I get into it is probably the first is I I retired from the software industry about five years ago and the day I retired I started on a four month road trip in my RV uh, with wow. my wife and my dog. So it's just great traveling mm -hmm. and learning about what it is to be gone for a month at a time instead of just days or a week or two. Okay, so you were an RVer before this, but once you decided to really turn this into long-term excursions, that's when you started really developing your ideas? So actually, it was after the first four-month trip, uh, it happened started in may and so you know during july and august and guess what it gets hot in july mm -hmm. and uh so leaving the dog behind in the rv occasionally on a hot july day in the afternoon uh, i would worry because if we lost shore power which is very common unfortunately in rv parks um you know it could be catastrophic consequence so um, i kept worrying and worrying and you know cut our, our short our days and 
and so on to, to keep track of it. So after we got back from that trip, um, after about two weeks, got bored and started looking for what to do uh, in retirement, keep busy. And uh, I looked around for RV monitoring systems to possibly just sell to RVers. Okay. And I, I couldn't find the perfect one. So I decided to start building one for myself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so what's your, what, what is your dog and what is your dog's name? Bell. Bell? Yeah, and uh, she did like a 55 pound black lab. Uh huh. Yeah, it has a baseball bat for a tail. <laughs> yeah, she got a little crook on the end. My uh, granddaughter, when she was a puppy, closed the bedroom door and, and <gasps> broke the last three of her tails. Got this cute little, you know, little size of green pen on it. Yeah, yeah. Very easy to pick her out in a cloud with the tails around. <laughs> yeah, <there's Belle. laughs> She's got her antenna up. Very yeah. good, very good. So you're looking to kind of open like an online store for products that already existed, but you had trouble finding the products that already existed? Yeah, actually, I was looking forward to doing RV. My career in, in technology was a, a pre-sales engineer. It's, I enjoyed uh, interacting with customers, explaining how stuff works, and then also going to shows, uh, uh, exhibitions, uh, trade shows, and so on. And, and so I, I was initial one was hey let's go to rv trade shows rv rallies rv shows and sell resell products because i just kind of enjoy selling technology to people okay uh, explain how it works i couldn't find the perfect products what so started, what was out there started, did you find anything that fit oh, sure. even remotely absolutely i bought several uh systems uh temp stick is one of them uh very simple very easy to get going um several shortcomings from my point of view. And, mm -hmm. and so let me also point out my point of view is different than uh, most people, I think, because the last company I worked for in the IT industry was a, a company that did built and sold monitoring software that was used by and is used by IT professionals to monitor the internet and servers. Okay. A little company called SolarWinds, you've probably heard of lately. Oh, yeah. We're in the Austin area. We run into SolarWinds pretty often. Yeah, they're, they're great Great company, great products. Uh, left five years ago. I had nothing to do with the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the hack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, 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 this was about monitoring, building monitoring software to be used by RVers that are not IT professionals. Is uh, you have to simplify the, the user interface quite a bit. Uh, so that's what I attempted to do, basically. Okay. So this you said is four or five years ago that you got into this. Yeah, I think I retired. I think it was five years ago, May second or something. And uh, when did you when did you actually come out the gate with RV Whisper? When was the first product that went out? Yeah, so it was uh, it took a year and a half to get the first one ready to sell, and so we sold it in I don't know December to a hairdresser at the place where I got my haircut because she we were chatting and people and barbershops and hair salons talk a lot i've mm -hmm. learned over the years and uh she uh, especially right. hairdressers and uh, uh they uh, she had a dog and it heard a horror story from a neighbor with her class a mm -hmm. rv out rving and so was looking for temperature monitoring so she bought it for me and so it was our first customer very good so um the scope of what i mean everything that you produce up to this point that i can tell kind of falls in the iot or internet of things realm and that is not a term i hear spoken of colloquially it's not out there in the normal everyday speech what is the internet of things uh to me the internet of things is uh more things physical things being connected to the internet 
Uh, so whether it's temperature sensors, you know, light controls, light monitoring, whatever it is, it's just being able to see uh, and control things over the internet. Okay. Okay. So if I talk about kind of the genesis of your product, it was you traveling with your wife and with your dog or dogs, one, two, one dog, yes. Okay. And the concern that got you kind of kicked off on all this was the well-being of your dog while you're away from the campground, from your, your, your trailer, your RV. And so is that turned into what products? The What sensors, what monitoring did that initial concern turn into? I mean, is that really where you started? Is yes, trying to be sure the dog was okay? Yes, yeah. I mean, that is no, such exactly. a common thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to, to no, bump your yeah. question here, but oh my gosh, uh, anybody who travels with an animal and stats are that 80% of RVers travel with an animal. I believe it. That has to be the biggest concern, right? Yeah. Right. Because uh, people, uh, tr- yeah. yeah, what do you, for, for what do you people. do? Wow. Wow. So that yeah, so- was, you started out just to build that product. Uh, yes, that was the initial one, although I uh, had a, uh, a longer term you know, vision of integrating with more products right. uh, that were available for RVs. Basically, RV gadgets that come with Bluetooth phone apps mm-hmm. um, were always uh, a target of mine, and I still look for them today for new <laughs> ones that come in the market. Sure. Sure. So um, do you find most of your customers find you through that avenue, the, the well-being of their pets? And temperature control and power control monitoring, not control monitoring. Um, so initially, we only had two sensors: the battery voltage sensor and the temperature sensor. Mm-hmm. So our marketing was all geared towards pet safety, where the the battery sensor could detect your battery voltage drop, which means you probably lost shore power. So that's an early warning, and then your temperature as it rises. You know that's additional data uh, that you really care about. Um, so, so that answers your original question uh-huh. of where did it start? Yes. And it started monitoring those two things so you yes. could check on your pet. Yeah, uh, battery voltage and temperature mm-hmm. sensors. So you're going uh, to be the pet ten- safety guy. Uh, yes, yeah, that's the way we started. But when I did it, I allowed it to have up to 10 temperature sensors, up to t- 10 battery sensors. Just oh because gosh. I could do one or two, why not do 10, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so then um, after a while... Um, as added more sensors, propane and water leak and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I started getting customers that are what I call gadget guys and gadget mm-hmm. gals. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they buy a lot of sensors because they can. And they get you know way more information about their RV than anyone actually needs. But it's a heck of a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, so if you've got and, a big one, so- you can have a temperature sensor in the front, another one in the back. Can you put them on the outside? Uh, so uh, you can, but the most common is indoor for pet safety, typically. Uh, uh-huh. Refrigerator and freezer, because RV fridges are oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Especially driving down the road, right? Um, uh, I just had a, a customer bought a system. He has a seasonal site, and he lost, they lost power. His fridge stopped working. He was gone for two weeks, came back, and, you know, had to throw the fridge out. Couldn't ever clean up the... Right. The, the mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, so he bought the monitoring system so he can right, keep track of his fridge temperature when he's not there for a couple of weeks. So uh, all kinds yeah. of, so these gadget guys kept buying and they just keep growing and growing. 
So I've seen, um, I kind of glanced through a list of your sensors. I actually have your website up here. Let me find my mouse though. Um, if I look under sensors, this is where I find obviously your battery sister, uh, sensors. Um, right, three different types now. Okay. Uh, why three different types of battery sensors? Uh, well, we start out with one that does voltage and temperature, uh, and they're uh, easy to work with and very supportive to, to get it integrated. That was the original one. Okay. And then the, the second one is this uh, Thornwave is the company, and they have a product called the PowerMon or maybe DC power meter. And that one is a uh, uses a shunt so it can calculate an accurate state of charge of batteries very useful for people that are living unplugged from electric uh, solar and or generator okay uh to track if there are other batteries getting charged every day and how deep are they discharging uh so integration really appeals to solar boondockers generator boondockers that type of thing. okay uh, oh. and then uh and i got another one that's actually lower cost just battery voltage only we just came out with oh uh, so over the last four years we now end up with three different battery sensors to choose sure from. So why why did you bring come out with a new one that did less? I mean, did you um, have a need for people who just said, "I just want the basics"? So the, the our supplier uh, sh- shut down operations. Ooh, uh, a couple people retired from the uh, aerospace industry years, you know, probably ten years ahead of me, and uh, they just decided to stop building them. Um, so they, they could no longer get them. So I was able to uh, transition to a, a lower cost, less. Um, oh. Less precise, but for most RVs, it's just fine. It's a voltage, right? If they want, it wants seriously track their battery voltage. They need to get the the Thornwave DC power meter. It's a much better job of that if they really care about that. Thornwave does that that allows? I think I picked up on you saying this. Um, does that allow you to monitor not just the state of charge of the battery and the temperature, but also the state of charge coming into the battery from the converter, but yet still another layer? how solar is also feeding your battery does it kind of feed, talk give you information on all, all three of those things well it, it has one shunt okay uh you can have multiple of them i have a, a a sailboat owner who's cruising the world who installed multiple of them because he wanted to monitor how much power he's getting how many amps uh mm-hmm. from his wind turbine how much uh, how many amps from his solar and how many amps from his generator uh, because okay. he uses all three of them and he sails the open ocean where it's life or death if you you know right. run out of water and stuff like that so uh yeah, very serious now you're um the people that are using your system they're all using a smart device to see this information whether it be their android based phone or their apple based phone or a tablet or something like that is that correct they could also use a laptop computer okay. or any computer any browser on the internet has access to the system. So like a Chromebook? Uh, does it have a browser on it? Sure does. Yes, it has, it has. Yeah. So you just go to the browser, rvwhisper.com, click on the login to gateway, username, password, boom, you're in. Okay. Now, if I'm using this the system with an app and all that, um, it sounds like I need certain components in my RV, uh, maybe my own internal Wi-Fi network. Is that the case? That's true. You, uh, the customer has to provide their own Wi-Fi. Um, and if they are going to rely on campground Wi-Fi, I recommend they don't buy it or I return the product because, um, you know, some people can get various Wi-Fi router gadgets to work with campground Wi-Fi. 
Uh-huh. And if they can do that, that's fine. But I just uh, people that just don't want to buy their own Wi-Fi uh-huh. and, and you know, think that they can get campground Wi-Fi to work reliably, they're just it's a time sink, uh, never ending problems. And it's so sure. unreliable. So for pet safety, you know, I, it, you know, so yeah, customers requ- they're required to have their own Wi-Fi in, the, in their RV. If they can figure out how to reliably get that from a campground, there are, a lot, there are reliable products that do that. Right. But generally okay. they also have a cellular data plan backing it up. Right. Can I interject here? This sounds like a whole lot of trouble to me. Um, maybe because I am like a lot of people out there. I plug in my trailer, everything works, it turns on, it turns off. Uh, you guys are, uh, to say the least, a bit geekier than me. Um, Fair, I'll take that. So now that you've geeked out for just a little while. Oh, we can come back to it, right? I, yeah, you can come back to it, okay? okay? All right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, you know, I just have a small trailer. I've got my little 10-pound dog. I just want to be sure it's running right. I'm going to have to get Wi-Fi, all right? Right there, my head explodes. I'm going to have to have my own Wi-Fi, and then I'm going to have to get this product to monitor my trailer and stay connected and all of this. I mean, that sounds overwhelming to me. Well, first off, no one is holding a gun to your head to to monitor everything on your trailer. Yeah, but I need Sparky here to not overheat. Ah, that's then where you, you have, have nice. to do things. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, I get that. But I mean, my question is really, if I'm starting from ground zero, I have not retired as an engineer mm-hmm. or a computer software guy, mm-hmm. then how hard is it? Ah. I mean, how hard is it to get Internet on your trailer do i just well, that's pay another for- podcast remember when we did that one i know so i can just pay <laughs> for that through my phone right that's one can, option yeah, one yeah, of that, many that, so right so actually let me make a comment you, you bring up a great point so there is a segment of the market that only cares about a the temperature sensor for, for their pet mm-hmm. and okay. there are a hundred solutions you know for rvs a thousand if you include a home monitoring um and so if you just want that temperature monitor and if you don't already have Wi-Fi in your RV, so let me ask you a question. Do you have Wi-Fi in your house? Yes. Okay. Check so to get, wi- to, to get Wi-Fi in an RV, the simplest thing is you get what's called the Verizon Jetpack or AT&T Jetpack. It's a little device smaller than a cell phone. And um, you just pay the $20 or whatever. It's another device in your data plan. Mm-hmm. And all it does, it talks to the cell towers and it creates a Wi-Fi network in your RV, just like your home. So, okay, so, so it's not hard. It's just money, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. You just add it to and, your cell phone plan. That's right. So if you have, so a significant amount of long-term RVers mm-hmm. already have solved that Wi-Fi problem right. uh, with fancier solutions than the simple Verizon Jetpack uh, approach. Right. That is the simplest by far to get started. Um, it has, okay. it's, you know, long-term, not geeky enough in the long-term, but, you know, sure. it's just fine. Well, I know we had a very long podcast on this, and I know that there's ways to do this, but if we're talking about, first of all, you need Wi-Fi, I thought I would just get that off the table because every time it comes around, I'm like, okay, is there something new I don't know about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there is. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I, I'll, let me share an story. So uh, at the Quartzsite RV show about a year and a half ago, it was my first time there. Yeah. And I learned in the, it's like an eight day show, really. It was great. 
uh, the first uh-huh. two or three days, people would ask what they need. And I would say Wi-Fi in their RV. And before I could explain that that meant they just had to go to Verizon and pay for this device, right? They were like running away from the booth, screaming, <laughs> yes. I don't have Wi-Fi. I mean, it happened over and over and over. They just couldn't <laughs> run away fast enough. And these people in the, in the desert, right, living off solar power for months on end. Right. And, and so I learned this, to not say you need Wi-Fi. And I said, you just need cellular access. I'm like, oh, okay. And then with your cellular access, right. you go to Verizon and you pay them for this. And that makes right. Wi-Fi in your RV for pretend devices. And then they stop screaming so and running away. Better- Yes, I feel better already. Already. Okay, so you pay a little extra on your cell phone bill, slap a little device inside your trailer, and that is for the ungeeky like me. And then Mm -hmm. you buy your basic product and then Sparky doesn't overheat. Well, you're monitoring. Yeah, you well, you monitor it so that you'll know when right. to go back to right. your trailer. Right. Right. When right. to it, work. It reduces your stress, gives you information, lets you keep up to date. Correct. Okay. Yes. Can can do we need to talk about more geeky stuff or can I talk about a few more practical things? You know what? I would love for you to to jump into your practical things because <laughs> I'll just keep on thinking my geeky stuff and I'll bring I those in on the tail end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't help you with that, but all right. So I pay my 20 bucks a month and, you know, of course, by now it's probably 40 bucks a month by the time this podcast comes out next week because everything's getting more expensive. But I've got that done. What's the basic system cost from you to monitor those things that will let me know when to worry about Sparky? Uh, starts at, uh, I don't know, $150, maybe $160. Or prices have to go up in a week or so. Yeah. Supplier costs. Something like that. So what does that get you? And that's, a, and that's a one-time, I buy the stuff, I gotcha. Yeah. Right? You, you, buy, you buy it one time, and then that includes the first year of RV Whisper support and cloud services to, to okay. get access over the internet. For year two, it's $42 per year after that for RV Whisper to provide the email and text message gateway, as well as uh, the secure access over the internet. So the system will work forever in your RV, but for a pet safety point of view, um, you need also the internet connectivity. Um, yes. Okay, so 42 bucks, 40, what'd you a say year. it was? A year. $42, $42 per year. year? After well, that's, first year. That's like $4 a month? Seems like. I, yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's that seems reasonable for Sparky. He's worth that. Okay, yeah, so some people you, absolutely will not pay for pres- subscriptions and have uh-huh. uh, not bought because of that. And that's their choice. Yeah. Well, um, then they wouldn't also pay the money for the Wi-Fi. So, I mean, right. they're they're double dumped. Um, yeah. So, so, so most RV, not, not most, I would say a lot of RV, uh, long-term RVers already have Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Because they have computers or video. They already have sure. Wi-Fi in RV. Just like home. So it's just one more device using a tiny bit of data. So RV Whisper uses very little uh, data. Mm-hmm. So if they already have Wi-Fi, it's, it's simple. If they don't have Wi-Fi, yeah, I can't tell them they need Wi-Fi. I got to tell them you need cellular access, and right. then you can get Wi-Fi. Right. Using, okay, so what do you get for that basic system you just described? You get the uh, the RV Whisper monitor station, a small computer. Um, it's about one by one by three inches. Okay. It just powers off of a USB uh, power cable. Uh, so you plug it into your RV and most RVs in the last few years come with USB power ports mm-hmm. that are wired to your 12 volt system. Yep. So those are wonderful, clean power for, for them. So that, that's the computer, the base station. And then it comes with uh, a single temperature sensor for the, the 
actually there's a zero sensor system, but the one sensor system has one temperature sensor and it's a small puck about one inch in diameter mm-hmm. um, that has the temperature sensor, a coin cell battery lasts about 12 to 14 months. And the installation is Velcro, double-sided Velcro that comes with them. So you basically figure out where you want to put them and you peel and stick the Velcro and stick it and that's the installation. And then the software, you know, you go ahead and connect to your Wi-Fi and then add sensors. And um, so hopefully that answers yeah. your question. Yeah. So that doesn't tell me the battery uh, charge. It simply tells me the temperature. Well, well we have 12 different sensors. So you what can sensors like do you add want? sensors as you see oh. need. So if you want battery monitoring. Yeah. Oh. If you need if you need a, a, a leaky faucet, you know, if you want to know if there's a leak underneath your sink, he has a, a water, water sensor. detection sensor. So, so he yeah. has lots of sensors. You just buy another sensor. If you want, yeah, up to 10 temperature sensors, uh, the battery voltage sensor. Uh, so if you don't have solar at all on your RV, then uh-huh. a battery sensor uh, is a low cost way to get a, uh, alerted if you lose shore power. Got so it. Got right, it. Because if you... All right, I'm with you now. I wasn't tracking. Right. So, so, so that's a good way. But if you have solar, that's not a reliable way. And then um, if you happen to own the Power Watchdog brand of surge uh-huh. protector, then out. guess what? That's already integrated with RV Whisper. So if you have it, they, you just add it together and they just work. And so that monitors your shore power voltage. Um, yeah, Power Watchdog is the only brand that has a <laughs> phone app uh, in the market for uh, surge protectors. They are and super we, cool, too. Yeah, we partnered with them a few years ago to uh, to uh, have RV Whisper talk to their device just like the phone app does. And so now if you lose shore power, RV Whisper within a few minutes can send you email and text messages. You lost shore power. Mm-hmm. So now you start freaking out about your dog, right? And so you log into RV Whisper because you're 50 miles away and you check in the temperature and it says, okay, here's a timestamp. Th- three minutes ago, it was 74 degrees inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, you look in more detail, three hour graph, and you see that in the last five minutes, it hasn't even started rising yet. We lost power, but, has, you know, you so the good. RV Whisper system. Yeah. So, so, so the, the thing with RV Whisper that really drove me to build this was I wanted to be able to check from any time and know what the temperature is. And I want to know when that temperature was read. Some of these systems that I got were like, it says, okay, the temperature is 74 degrees. Like, well, is that yesterday's temperature? Right. 10 minutes ago. And some of them don't tell you. Right. It just, it's the last one we know about. There's and no RV log. Whisper, there's no history. It, yeah, some do, some don't, I, okay. I guess. But um, every time you look at an RV Whisper data point, the timestamp of when that data was logged is displayed with it. So there is no question about when that data, if you're looking at last week's data, you look at the timestamp, it's, oh, it's not today. Hit the refresh button and hopefully you get newer data. But okay. that way, when I'm on the phone, and I'm worried about my dog. I click, you know, refresh the page. I look at the temperature and I look at the timestamp. I look at my watch. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying. Okay. Now this is minutes later. I worry. I check again. Yeah. And if the temperature's not going up, that that's because I don't trust the internet to be up. Mm-hmm. Email and text messages may not work. So I just check every 20 minutes when it's a, a high risk period. And that's how I operate. And um, so that's why I built the system this way. I couldn't find anything else that really told me. Uh, 
with that much detail when the, when the reading was taken. So I'm sure you, there are uh, you mentioned that you don't really trust a cell phone to, to be up 100% of the time, which I don't either, especially some of the cool places that we all like to go and to camp. So you have come to kind of a cascading fallback. If cellular data goes down for a certain amount of time, a tower is kind of taken down for a second or a little bit, um, you may not get immediate updates but you can tell that that tower is down. You can go out to where your RV is and you can still check a backlog. I think locally within your RV, you can still connect. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, so yes. So, so one of the, so this goes back to the initial design requirements when I designed this, the architecture years ago was um, I wanted the system to work hundred percent functionally in an RV without any internet access. And so of course the, Everything functional except you can't get internet access because it doesn't exist, right? right? So you can't get email, you can't get text, you can't check out the internet. So I designed it. The design is all the data is stored in the RV on the RV Whisper monitor station, the little gadget you get. Um, it's all there. The applications there. Everything is there. And when you're in or near the RV, you can connect your phone directly to it because it has its own Wi-Fi uh, setup network mm-hmm. that allows you to actually connect it when you're local. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you happen to have internet access, also, if your RV happens to have internet access at that time, then you can also get to it over the internet. But it's the exact same thing. It's just, do you, are you looking at it locally or looking at it remotely? Um, and then, of oh, course, you have the data, the, the historical data. So uh, this happened to me at Joshua National Park. The RV was out. Now, the RV was in range of cellular, but it turned out somewhere in Joshua National Park, there are places my cell phone has no signal, right? So we, we drive to a higher spot. I could get a signal and check and, and say, okay, three minutes ago, this dog's still fine. Look at the last three hours of history with a graph of the temperature. Yeah, it's been going up slowly, but it looks like it's going to be fine. Okay. So it, it's peace yeah. of mind. That's, that's what it is for me. And, and I know what I wanted for peace of mind years ago. And I designed this system around that peace of mind for mm-hmm. RVers, knowing after four months of being in an RV full time, well, four months of full time. Mm-hmm. I learned a few things uh, that I just wouldn't have learned if without doing that. Okay. Now you've expanded this well beyond just temperature sensors and and battery monitors and, and power input and usage and all that. Uh, we have the Mopika uh, propane devices here. Those connect so you can always keep it tabs on where your propane is at. Um, it looks to me like you also are able to tell tire pressure. If you connect yes. to our devices? Yeah, we formed a technical partnership with uh, the Pressure Pro brand of tire pressure monitors. Uh, they have a Bluetooth phone app uh, for uh, their pressure monitoring system. And so uh, we, they shared the technology with us and uh, we developed that integration. So the data is logged and you can see mm-hmm. the historical data in RV Whisper. Um, and then while doing real time travel, we recommend you use the phone app that comes to the, the pressure pro manufacturer because that is designed for real-time you know, monitoring and safety RV mm-hmm. whispers more historical data um, so for for example one problem I solved on my fifth wheel was I have a, I had one tire with a slow leak and by having it just parked for three weeks and then graphing up the data over three weeks it's obvious that tire was slowly losing pressure mm-hmm. so I brought it in they worked on it they replaced the valve stem and now it leaks much much slower it's still <laughs> leak, but it leaks much, much slower. It takes but three months you, to get. Yeah. But you can monitor it. So all but I good, know, right? I know. Yeah. 
Yeah, before I start driving, as opposed to when I start driving. Oh crap, we're low. Tire mm-hmm. pressure's low, so yeah, yeah. I know ahead of time what the pressure is right. Where do you feel like your products stand in the grand scheme of smart RVs? So, so I, as far as I can tell, we're really the only aftermarket monitoring product for RVs, unless you just want temperature monitoring. Okay. Right. There are other uh, simpler things that, you know, if you don't have Wi-Fi, you can pay your $20 a month or $40 a month to a device because it has this, the cellular data plan built into it. Mm-hmm. So you can have just a temperature sensor or for the same monthly fee you can get. So going forward, uh, more sensors. We're talking with another RV Bluetooth phone app gadget right now. Um, don't know if they're going to want to do it or not. Um, if they do, it, it should be pretty straightforward to add it. So add more gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um we're working on our tank whisper, uh, which is a tank monitoring device that um, uh, connects to the you know the most common tank monitor system that gives the wrong answers. Right. And so we're working on that. If your RV has uh, the most common, you know, most travel trailers uh, have this KIB monitor panel, empty one third, two thirds full. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you have that panel, then the RV whisper or the tank whisper board that's uh, in field test right now um, connects to the back of that device. So you actually op- take the panel off and it slides on as a daughter board uh, to the existing KIB monitor panel. And the RV, the tank whisper device then is talking directly to the tank sensors and um, talking to it in a more uh, elegant fashion okay uh, <laughs> i all it all is greek to me i don't know what language yeah, so, they speak, so it, but i don't get yeah, this it's the patent was awarded about a year ago uh, on the process and the technique and okay. so we're just finalizing it now uh, so, uh-huh. so, so it's going to have two benefits one is monitoring the history of your tanks in rv whisper so you can see gee last time we had you know a three-day weekend how fast did the tanks fill up so we can kind of budget mm-hmm. for it like mm-hmm. your state park camping um and then um but also it corrects the most common problem, which is I just dumped my black tank and it still says it's two thirds full, oh, but you know, right. it's empty. And, right. and it says it's full when you use it for one day and it really right. takes two weeks to fill it up. Uh, so Tank right. Whisper knows how to correct that. Um, really? Cool. You attach something behind the monitor you're already looking at. Correct. And it makes the monitor you're already looking at smarter. Yes, it makes the monitor the simple little empty one third, two thirds full buttons. Uh-huh. It makes those more accurate, especially for the gray and black tanks. The fresh tank is pretty much always right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's okay. a caveat: the sensors have to be installed and wired correctly, assuming they're wired and installed correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, assume uh, they, they ever worked, part. right? <laughs> yeah, if they ever worked, like before you use the black tank the first time, that right? That worked one time. Uh-huh. Um, then it, it corrects it and it, so it fixes a display on the existing monitor panel with simple mm-hmm. push buttons but it also uh yeah displays the correct data and if it's integrated with rv whisper then it also stores the historical data as yet another just another sensor to rv whisper well here's the question i have you know there's only a couple of little lights that pop up on those monitors so the first one i think usually says one third full well yes empty one third, two thirds full. Right? Yes. But if it is just under one third full, uh-huh. like uh-huh. this much, a teeny tiny bit <laughs> under one She's third thinking, full. You got this. Go for it. Run with it. Then then it shows empty. 
And right. it, it's not even close to empty. And Correct. when it's this much away from being full, when it's like two tablespoons away from being full, it doesn't show full. But I am so close to being full. So <laughs> is your monitor system better? Does it tell me more than just one third, two third or full? Or do, am I looking at the exact same thing? It's just more accurate. It is. It does not change the precision, which is what your question is. So okay. empty one third, two thirds full is all it does. It can't do any more than that based on physics. Okay. It just can't because okay. where sensors are. Um, okay. But the accuracy uh, is better for the gray and especially the black tanks. Okay. Uh, so yeah, one third really empty really means less than one third. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And two thirds really means it's somewhere between two thirds and full sensor. Right. And when it's full, it just says it's at the full sensor or above. But the full sensor is not installed at the very top. There's actually room above it also. So, you know, there's lots of. Okay, I appreciate it, but that doesn't make me feel any better. (laughs) However, however, he does have an alliance with the company. I think it's Garnett that you have an alliance with. And and so they actually have a a sensor that you can slap on the side of your tank and it is significantly more accurate. And so do I have to then crawl under to look at it or does no, it go yes. Bluetooth? It connects to his 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 device. Oh, okay. And so there is a solution here. I was about well, to tell well, you to get on the stick well, let, and fix this. Let, let's be clear. Yeah. So Garnett is a manufacturer of, of a great product called C-Level. Okay. And they've been in the industry for a while. The C-Level product is the only RV tank monitoring product that I've heard good things about in my presentations about tank whisper technology at RV rallies and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and so the sea level will give you like six or 8% increments. It's like 16 or 10 or different measurement levels. So um, it's much more accurate and precise. So it gives you the kind of uh, breakdowns that you want. The downside right. is um, if it's not installed in your RV, you need to install the sensors on the tank walls and wire it in uh, to get it to work. So if it's uh, aftermarket, it may or may not be difficult. Depends on the on the on the RV. Right. Uh, if it's enclosed underbelly and so on. But if, once you get the, so if you could, if you have the Garnet C level uh, system installed, they came out a few years ago with a Bluetooth display panel of the C level, and so if you happen to have that Bluetooth display panel from Garnet in your RV, then in RV Whisper you just say add C level, and you, it adds that. It's just another Bluetooth gadget. So if you happen to have that whole Garnet C level thing installed in your RV, you get the great answers in your RV. You push the button and you see it. Uh-huh. But RV Whisper can talk to it also because it's Bluetooth as a phone app. Then uh-huh. RV Whisper, you can see it over the internet and you get alerts and logging and history and all that. All that so. stuff. Oh, cool. That's what I want. Now, are manufacturers putting that in trailers now? Yeah. Uh, the C level product uh, it has is OEM and uh, some of the higher end RVs, uh, trailers. Okay and so on um as common a, folk don't have them but we can i but, see it I, I see it as an upgrade option on some brands mm-hmm. okay okay uh so yeah i mean it's more expensive uh you know the, and they the, just the call it c level c level yeah c level is the product yeah it's a brand of the product okay well i want that because I'll yeah put, i put mean that's christmas the, list that's the two yeah. things i hear the most complaints about I can't really tell. I worry. That worry word just keeps coming up. I worry right. about how much is in my tank, especially my black tank. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people we talk about, and recently a lot, 
who don't use their bathrooms. Right. Because it it is worrisome for one reason or another. And then on top of that, the other thing they worry about is Sparky. So those are the two biggest problems I hear people worry about. Sure. Right? Sure. And we have a lot of comedic movies out there that, yeah, <laughs> that make fun of what people worry about. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you see right now and and I and I absolutely love the the monitoring monitoring component of what you do. Do you think you'll step into the control uh, mm. atmosphere arena at some point? Uh, great, great, great question. So control. Um, yeah, I think we will. I don't have any plans to do it now, um, okay. but there are a couple of the gadgets we have that you can turn on a relay with the Thorn Wave, you know, the fancy battery monitor. Sure. Um, the Power Watchdog, uh, there is a reset if it's overcurrent that we don't do that. Don't, um, but not yet. Okay. Um, and we're not working on it right now. Uh, there's not been enough customer demand for it. Um, and RV products. Well, we can do it, but we, we're not working on it yet on any anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But well, it's inevitable. I will tell you that the the only thing that I request is that you keep it user friendly because I do not want to learn anything difficult. I just want to know all the things that I need to know. So if I could put this system together and I could manage it on my phone, I would be a happy camper. Yeah. And all these things that we're talking about are either plug and play or it's not that big a deal to find a service center that can. I mean, if if you want someone to screw your AT&T or Verizon, you know, Wi-Fi device to your wall, a service center can do that if you want someone to blame. Well, I can Velcro a temperature monitor to the wall. Uh I could handle that part. Uh I just don't want 18 steps to get into it, set it up, you know, crawl under, put this here, look at that, check that, go here. If it's super easy interface, and when I looked at this, it looked like something I could easily do, that would be so super cool. So one more question that I have. What are what are all the things that people monitor? Is there anything we haven't talked about that people do with your gadget that we haven't talked about? We've talked about tanks. We've talked about batteries, air conditioner. I mean, when I think about a smart system, I think about turning on the TV, turning the lights on. I and, don't know. And that's the control piece, not the monitoring piece. Okay. Right, right. So RV Whisper is only monitoring right now. It, it reads okay. data, then shows, and then sends okay. alerts you know, based on that. So, um, yeah, we kind of cover who we have door sensors, just, you know, door open, close sensors. Oh, super open cool. Sure. Safety. Motion sensors. Yeah, I have 10 of those. Yeah. I have some customers, like seven or eight of them. I think they did it in every storage bay under Class A. So when yeah. they open the door, they would know the door is closed. Um, and motion sensor. So just a, you know, ceiling mounted infrared when you walk under it, blinks text motion so people sometimes get those put them just in the hallway right in front of the door basically people come in and out well, water I leak can... sensor we talked about that yeah fantastic um i i do have another question it's um uh, so many of these um alliances that you have their their apps actually work on android only does your system make it to where the apple users can get full 
access to those. Like I think, I think Mopika does Android and Apple, but I think the Watchdog might be Android only. No, Watchdog does both. Absolutely. Oh, does. Okay. If there is something that you connect with that would be Android only, if the Apple user is able to connect to your app, would they be able to get that Android only data kind of fed to them? Absolutely, because it's really the if you're using an Android or an iPhone or a computer, all of them are just running a browser. There it is. And looking at the data in a browser, the RV Whisper iPhone app and the RV Whisper Android phone apps are really just wrappers to browsers that do the login for you. But they're really it's it's literally running in a browser, so it's. Yeah, it makes it accessible to anybody with any computer on the internet that has the right password. Right. That actually adds access to devices, depending on what who they developed it for, what platform they developed it for, that adds accessibility to Android or Apple, depending on the device. I like it. Very cool. Correct. That was one of the initial design decisions is we didn't want to have to build a Android app and an iPhone app. They're very different development environments. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, one of the design decisions was to build what's called a responsive web app. Responsive just means it's the same web application, but it looks different on your phone with a small screen than a giant monitor. It ah. actually resizes stuff to make it. So the RV Whisper system, if you log into an RV Whisper system and look at the data on your big screen, mm-hmm. it looks different. You look on your phone, and things get squished together, but you don't notice it. It just works. And so it's yeah. a responsive web app. If you build it in that fashion, it works on both mobile devices and larger devices at the same time. And that's what the RV Whisper app does. Well, you certainly got me at uh, you don't notice it, but it works because that's yes. what I'm all about. You mm-hmm. don't notice it, but it works. Yeah, it just looks right on the phone. As mm-hmm. opposed to yeah. some websites you go to on your phone, it's like, wait, I can't quite see that. It's a tiny little font, right? Oh, yeah, because it's all squished. It's, it's minuscule. That, that, was not, that is not a responsive web app. It does not respond to the size of the screen it's being displayed on. Got it. Now, may I depart pretty pretty hard departure here can i can i stop you clint can i slow you down you can you're my boss no i doubt that (laughs) i doubt i can stop you okay go right ahead here's here's my next question every manufacturer of rvs has been facing a heck of a time getting components and parts building products getting products out dealerships are sold out and all that you as an aftermarket parts developer um and producer what has the past year been like for you in your segment with your t- style of product? Uh, we're doubling our revenue again. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you had happening. any trouble getting parts that you need to yeah, make just, these? Yeah. Yes. In the last uh, year, you know, six or eight months. Yeah, absolutely. Is it circuit um, boards? <laughs> lead times have gone up. Costs have gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, Delivery time uh, has gone up. It, 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 yeah, it's all gone up. And um, yeah, we I mentioned earlier, we have to raise our prices of our products because our costs have gone up significantly. Sure. Something. Sure. Hopefully they come down again, but they may not. I don't know. Right. Right. But you have seen that with the influx in new RVers or new RV ownership that uh, people have been finding your products as a solution. And therefore, like you said, you're, you know, your your stature in this market has gone up. I, I believe so. I think a lot of our growth is due to new RVers 
and that's just obvious from the questions they ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they obviously never you know use an RV before. They just come out and tell me it's my new RV and right. how does the battery work and how does the battery run? You know, like no, the battery doesn't do that. It, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, it, it definitely is 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 a part of it. Um, a big part of our growth, is, frankly, uh, gadget people that just buy fifteen or twenty sensors because they can. They just love gadgets and. Sure. And, and I, I think a lot of them are people that are still working full time and they're in a, you know, a professional job and they, they're on a computer all day and they can on their break, they can log in on their computer in their browser and look at their RV whisper, you know, yeah. and see the temperature and, and see all this. So it's kind of like they're using their RV, even though it's parked next to their house, <laughs> or seasonal site or in storage, it just connects them to their RV a bit. Um, it just Plus, sure. if you have your refrigerator in a seasonal site, you know, it's nice to know it's staying cold the whole time. Right. And, and right. Okay. That's right. Well, it's much more practical than I expected. So, hats I, off to you. I think we need to go out and install one on your trailer right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's see if I can manage that, right? Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll video it. I'll send out the video. It'd be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Makes me a little nervous. So... Uh, well, well um, so, so let me ask you first, though, do you have, already have Wi-Fi in your RV? Uh, I, all I need is cell service. That's right. right. Yes, you do. That's, you yes. Because uh, no, I don't. But I will soon, now that somehow it all was laid out very easily for me. I know we yes. talk about things all the time. I'm the smart one on some things. But when it comes to this, it is not my forte. You guys know that. No, you you are you are um, definitely in the category of I want it to be plug and play, and I want it to just work. I have other things I want to do besides learn about geeky stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I am thinking that I can buy a box and plug it in, and just pay a little bit every month to have Wi-Fi in my trailer. If that's all it takes, I'm there. That's almost as easy as Amazon. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so where where do we where do people who if they hear this and they're like I actually want to do a deeper dive or I want to see something in action or something like that? How do people find that kind of information about the RV Whisper? Uh, the best place is go to rvwhisper.com uh, and look at the web pages mm-hmm. and there are links to we have a videos section now so there are a handful of YouTubers that have done a bunch of RV Whisper videos um, mm-hmm. initial installs, adding sensors, um, I got some. So there's, if you read just rvwhisper.com website, it answers most of the people's questions. And then look at the videos. Uh, that's a shorter version of getting you know, some of the information. It's probably okay. the best way to do it. Okay. Well, this has been good. I uh, I, I may have had ulterior motives. I, I was kind of hoping to, to interview and so I could say, hey, PJ, you really kind of need these things on your trailer. I think <laughs> you and I may have accomplished that to, to some degree. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think it sounds very cool. It's just one giant sales pitch. Yeah, this is all for my benefit. It's all for my benefit. Okay, I'll take it. Hopefully somebody listening feels like it's for their benefit too. Because stuff like this that's more technical when we talk about it, you know, I, I like the fact that there are products out there like this. This is a monitoring system. I do not need to spend my life monitoring. I'm not that guy. But when I want to know how it's doing, mm-hmm. what an easy way to do it. And that makes it practical for people like me. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. I'm sold. Great. I'll let you all know how it works out if it really is that easy. 
Very good. Yeah. So, so now, now the next question is, do you let her just get a Verizon jetpack or are you going to go high end with Wi-Fi Ranger, Wineguard Connect, one of the, the better RV options? It's the same monthly data plans, but uh, yeah. yeah, there are better RV gadgets, but. Well, um, look for that email from me so I get your suggestions. Well, I'm going to make Clint <laughs> research it. See, that is the benefit that I have. I don't have to know anything. I want to do X, Y, Z, Clint. Will this do what I need? And then he says yes or no. And then I have somebody to blame. It's perfect. It's working out so far. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending uh, your time with us today, answering our questions, giving us some stories and all that to help us to, you know, anecdotally better understand what you do. It looks like something beyond just interesting, but fantastically useful. So thanks for spending the time developing it and uh, making it available. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And let us know when new things happen. Yep. Keep us keep us in, informed. Okay. Well, that was good information, and I think it was pretty neat that this is the direction that RV monitoring and future RV smart RVs are going to go. It's 2021. Let's just have one device, monitor everything, and let's have it work. Yeah, if it's easy to monitor your stuff, you still have more time to, to do the things like... The not, camping things? Not open up your battery <laughs> compartment or go push a button on the side of your, your convenience panel or something like that. You just pull out your phone, look, and go on with the next adventure. I just want Sparky to be safe, and I want my toilet oh, to flush. Sparky. Right? Is That's that too right. much to ask? Yeah. Should, should we actually deal with the fact that you don't have a Sparky and get you a Sparky? I want a Sparky. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I want everyone's Sparky to be safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not weird. Please don't name your dog Sparky. <laughs> oh, well. Well, in wrapping up, we'd like to redirect your attention to RVSmallTalk.com. If you want to check out previous episodes that we have recorded and shared out there or show notes or join us on Facebook in the RV Small Talk community group, send us questions to questions at RVSmallTalk.com. And in light of that, welcome everyone back to the team. I'm leaving. I'm not here on Friday. You're on your <laughs> own for our Friday Live. We'll Ooh. be fine. That'll be fun. So everyone look for that on Facebook. So nothing geeky on Friday noon, huh? That's up to y'all. I ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to dress up like Clint and just say geeky things. I, I will watch. Very All good. Right. All right. <laughs> See you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.